Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Here we go. It's the long weekend, everybody. What do you know? I don't know if they perfectly line up this time, but I do know there's thousands and thousands of Americans that listen to the After 9 Podcast, and we love you for it. Happy Memorial Day. If that's this weekend for you, if it's not, a happy Memorial Day in advance. Here we celebrate Victoria Day on Monday in honor of Queen Victoria. Mm. Eventually, it'll be Queen Elizabeth Day, I would imagine. Oh, you know, if she ever, I mean, if she ever dies, sorry. No, that's that woman sound, is superhuman. That's going to sound die. harsh, but like, seriously, will that woman ever die? It's a question. It's a, it's a real question. Not likely. Not likely. Uh, should we do a mention here for Tapestry Hall and what they're doing this weekend? We could throw in a podcast mention for them, couldn't we? Uh, absolutely, we can. Tapestry Hall out of Cambridge has uh, something they call hard water. They're giving away booze for free is the gist of this. Free booze this weekend. You're allowed to do that in Ontario now, which is fabulous. Yeah, and it's, it's curbside. It's extremely convenient, and I'm here for it. I love that. So how does it work? You just go there and drive through and they stick it in your trunk for you? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, you just drive up. Um, they've got a little tent and everything because here it's uh, rainy and gross and stuff like that. You just drive up. As long as you have ID, they're going to put a six-pack of their hard water, which for those wondering, it's like fermented water. It's about 4% alcohol, and it is a pretty good just on ice. They also have a bunch of concoctions you can make on their Instagram page if you uh, look up hard water or Tapestry Hall will link to it too. That some pretty nice summer cocktails can be made from this too. Nice and light. And for those wondering or on specific diets, it is keto friendly. It is paleo friendly. Hard water is really, really good. But anyway, yeah, this weekend is free. Like that's ridiculous. Okay. So just drive through and get a six pack. Where is it? Uh, it's, it's downtown uh, Galt's area. On okay. Glebe. Do you know Glebe? If I just say I Glebe, I'm not sure how many people know that. Okay. Just Google Tapestry just Hall. Google Will Tapestry Hall, Cambridge, Ontario. You'll find it. And they've got their own line of alcohol, and it is free this weekend. Just drive through and then start the car. They're the ones. I can actually say this now because we're on the podcast. They're the ones that have the, uh, I don't, I, I want to say lager, and it could be wrong, but it's a beer that's called Stay the Fuck Home uh, Lager or something like that. It's great. It's great. So give that a try, too. While you're there, if you want to purchase something, go for it because they're a great local brewery here. Love that. Okay. Uh, hey, everybody. Thank you for downloading After 9. It's the long weekend, and there's restrictions being loosened. If you're in America, it's a goddamn free-for-all right now. I get it. Some states are opening. You've got hair salons open. The mall is open and all sorts of shit. Uh, I think you guys are crazy, personally. Knowing what we know here, uh, here the malls are still closed and you can't do a lot of different things, but at least you can go back outside and the parks are open and you've got to distance yourself from other people, but at least you can go and throw a ball around now. You're allowed to play golf and I am so 
I'm glad it's in the podcast now. Let me just say it. I am so fucking excited to play golf tomorrow. I've got one of the first tee times in Ontario. Tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., I'll be teeing off. That's amazing. I'm happy for you. We've been talking about this for a long time, and I'm so glad it's finally reality because we were hoping and praying and like, come on, why would you not open the golf courses? Why could this not be a thing? And now it is a thing, which is fabulous. So you're golfing with your dad. Is that right? Yep, first round of the year and last round of the year, always with dad. Now, dad doesn't hit the ball like he used to. He can't exactly crush it off the tee anymore. the fuck on. You don't talk shit about your dad like that. Like, you know I I know your dad and you know I love your dad. So I'm here to defend him. You don't fucking talk about your dad that way. I love my dad, but on the golf course, we're not friends. I know you're not. You guys are, I mean, that's where you got your competitive nature. Your dad, like no, your mom is not competitive, is she? No, not at all. Doesn't care. We can come home from golf and she doesn't give a shit who won. She only wants to know why it took so long. (laughs) Every time you think you'd figure it out. It's a long game. Mm -hmm. You don't need to ask. Why did it take so long? Don't ask. You know what? Let me do a couple other things here. Because there's a lot of women who are really excited that the golf courses are open because they've been stuck with that lazy sack of shit over there for a long time. And they want him to go for a couple of hours so they can have the house to themselves. Maybe they want to clean it. Maybe they just want to relax in it. Either way, they want him gone for a little bit. You've bought yourself about four or five hours, probably more, because the golf courses are all going to be jammed this weekend. Mm. In fact, getting a tee time is near impossible. I had to pull a few strings to get a tee time, and they gave me the one before the first one. Officially, tee off is at 7.10. I got the 7 a.m. so that I can get out and be the first one to do it. Okay. Does it seem the same? I I, I did want to ask you, because I didn't see any details on it or, or if courses are just allowed to do their own thing. Do you have to prepay? I don't know. I don't that uh, the, the, this particular course. I don't pay to be honest. with okay, you. Okay, you get your free shit. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. Okay, yeah. so I'm I'm just wondering if it's contactless for most people. Pro shops will they be open or not? I believe you will be able to go in and use the washroom facilities. If you get food, you got to take it to go. And uh, I, I don't think they're taking cash. I think you can use the debit machine. Right. Though. What about carts? Did they say anything or do you know if uh, you can use carts? The rule is, and I think it goes course by course with their own policies. I believe the rule is if you don't live in the same house as the person you're golfing with, you have to get your own cart. Mm, makes sense. Sure. I mean, they're going to do an extra step of precaution, but whatever. That's fine, it, right? It, it's a fine policy, but I also am well aware of the fact that there's not going to be cops standing there at the first tee checking ID. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, not really a risk I want to take, but I am quite content even to walk the course tomorrow. But carts will be going out at most courses. Okay. Either way, have yourself a good round. You earned it. It's been a long, long winter, and the pandemic just made it even worse. <laughs> Can we talk really quick? I know you have a couple things we want to talk about. Yesterday, we didn't get a chance to put it a podcast, but we did talk a lot about Rosé. Can we talk about this real quick? Posty Malone. Since we're talking, I mean, we talked about alcohol to start off, so might as well continue the trend, and I know you're going to sip some alcohol while you're golfing, too. Post Malone is launching a line of Rosé. It's called Maison Number 9, and at first I thought, okay, I get it. He's trying to, I mean, he does appeal to a lot of females, but apparently his intent here is to appeal to people like you, Scott, whom I've never seen in all our years of going to bars and events. And drinking. In all of our years of drinking. All the years of drinking. I've never seen you even take a second glance at like a glass of rosé or even talk about rosé, but that's exactly what he hopes to do is to get people like you talking about it. There's a line of merch included in this launch, and he says he hopes to, quote, break down the traditional perceptions around rosé. 
Mm. You know what? He needed something different, and no doubt he got some good money for this. It's an investment for him, too, I'm sure. Um, it, it seems like all the celebrities went on that create-your-own-tequila kick, and that's why there's a lot of stars that have their own tequila. And then a few of them went with the whiskeys and the rise, and there was some celebrity vodkas and a couple of gins, even. Nobody had rosé. So Post Malone moved into a decent market. The problem is, I don't look at Post Malone and think to myself, fuck, I want to be just like that guy. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Sure. Okay. And Post Malone trying to get guys to drink rosé is kind of like me encouraging women to drink craft beer. Right. I mean, maybe some will try it, but it's really not in their wheelhouse. I had to do some reading on rosé because I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know where they grew pink grapes. Here's what I learned when we talked about this on our FM radio show. Rosé is only that color because of the skin of the grapes. So what they do, all grape liquid, the juice that comes out of the, the grapes, it's the same color. It's clear. What gives it its color is the skins coming into contact with the liquid. So what they'll do is they'll squish a grape and they've got the juice. They'll leave the grape skin sitting in there until it turns to red wine. Mm. Take it out a little early and you've got yourself pink wine. Apparently over in France, which is really where the rosé craze came from, they sell more rosé than they do white wine. And France has some decent white wines. I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't even clean or cook with white wine. But I get that some people like it. Jeez. I do. Rosé? That's harsh. Okay, but it's just not my thing. You know what part of the problem is, though? And I hate to be that guy. I don't want to shit on anything Ontario. But Ontario white wine... I just can't stomach it. It gives me heartburn and I get a headache after I drink it. And I think that I just had too many bad experiences with people handing me a glass of Niagara white wine. Niagara has some decent red wines, but overall I prefer Napa or Tuscany. Those are the two and occasionally Chilean. Nah, actually, I like a lot of red wine because I also like some Portuguese red oh, wine. Oh, a lot of great reds. No, it's true. I think that the grape that they grow in Niagara for white, I actually think is better than the red Niagara, I'll say. Um, really? But I don't discriminate. Yeah, but I don't discriminate uh, uh, really for the most part, except for it can't be sweet. Like, it has to be a drier wine. Like, if I'm doing a white... Now, it's funny, I used to drink Riesling, which now if I sip it, I'm like, oh my God, it's so sweet. Uh, now it's like maybe a Pinot Grigio, maybe. And that's only, I have to be in the mood. And then for red, uh, that's my. That's where I just like, I broaden completely. I've had it all, much like you. I like an Italian, I like a Portuguese. I like a, again, like the Niagara's not my favorite red, to be honest with you, but I like a bunch of different reds. And if it's free, like if I'm at someone's house or something like that and they're serving it, I don't give a shit. I'll drink it. It's fine. I'm not that picky. <laughs> uh, my neighbor's got a sign in his backyard. Uh, he's got a little bar set up over there and it says, now proudly serving whatever you brought. <laughs> I love yeah. that. That's Somebody comes over to my house and, and pours me a glass of wine that they brought. I'll probably at least try it, even if it is white and even if it is from Niagara. Although, generally speaking, it's just red. Rosé? I don't know what Post Malone's thinking because I really don't see myself getting into rosé. Mm -hmm. There's some people, though, that'll drink it all fucking day. I don't understand that at all. How can Who? you drink no, wine no. all day? That's fucking bullshit. Nobody can drink rosé all day without completely, like, passing out. That's too much. You can't do that all day long. No. That's a tall order. I don't believe it. I don't believe um, it.
Post will be successful with this. I really think he'll make really good money. I just don't see a lot of guys getting into it because Post Malone is. There's certain guys that are real influencers. If uh, George Clooney does something, he's got that good, distinguished feel. Eh, maybe guys will give it a second thought. Leonardo DiCaprio, he's cool as shit. If he does something, eh, maybe I might give it a second thought. Uh, ben Affleck, the list goes on and on and on. Post Malone is not one of those guys. I Never once have I looked at him and thought, yeah, if he's doing it, I better do it. You know. Because next thing you know, I'll end up with a fucking face tattoo <laughs> singing Nirvana songs. <laughs> you come back with a teardrop. Like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> did um, I kill somebody last night? I don't even know. Look, I, you know, you know, I've never talked about it before, like uh, radio or podcast, but you know my feelings on Post Malone when it comes to the things that he decides to partake and participate in. I, the reason... There's a few celebrities that do this. Post Malone will team up with places where he gets a lot out of it and he doesn't really have to give too much. And I know right. they don't have to. Like, I mean, that's not, it's not something he has to do. But for example, he's done a lot of stuff with Postmates. Postmates is a delivery service in the US and they will d deliver anything. And pre-pandemic, I know they delivered, like when I say anything, I mean anything. Now they're mostly popular with your food, per with your food drops and stuff like that, much like an Uber Eats or a DoorDash, whatever. But Post Malone teamed up with Postmates, which only made sense, right? And there were all these great stories in the news for a while, and I refused to talk about them because it pissed me off because Post Malone teamed up with Postmates to deliver, you know, 10,000 sandwiches to this and that. They weren't coming from Post Malone. That is an endorsement deal, and they acted as though it came from Post Malone's pocket, and that was not the case. He's no. making money off of these places and making it seem like he's the good guy, and that always just rubs me the wrong way. That's all. Yeah, that's fr well. It's not frustrating. It's business. People have been doing it for a very long time. Sure, they have. Yeah. It's just you should full disclosure admit if you're getting paid to endorse something. Uh, we did a mention there for Tapestry Hall. We get fuck all out of that. Nothing. I got nothing. Oh, actually, so that's know. not true. They sent me. Sorry, Scott. I know you're not here in the studio, but they had shipped to the studio a six pack of hard water, so they did technically give me something. <laughs> so oh. I didn't have to drive through this weekend. Sorry. Was it good? Uh, yeah, it's it's very light, which I enjoy, just with a little ice. Um, yeah, I could see myself having that, especially on like a nice day. Okay. Uh, let's talk about our friends at Ashley Madison for a moment. <laughs> okay, I know we're not really friends. Friends. I kind of am. Way back in the day, uh, there was such a backlash against Ashley Madison, but we had Noel Biederman, the founder, on the morning show way, 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 way back when, and he brought me some Ashley Madison golf balls. I still have them to this day. It was great. But they, they are the website that is for people who want to have an affair. And now they've released the top 20 cities for cyber affairs during social isolation. And they point out meeting in person may not be possible at the moment, but that hasn't stopped people from lining up their next conquest for when they can go out again. So since the beginning of March, on a per capita basis, they say the most signups for their site came from Victoria, British Columbia. Oh, you whores. Yeah. What is, what is a male whore? Man whore. Uh, Man whore. Yeah, you man fuck whore. Fuck boy. You, you fuck boy. Victoria, B.C. is number one. And then right out to the opposite end of the country for number two, St. John's, Newfoundland. Uh, okay, I guess no offense to the rest of the country, but you guys must be bored as shit out there. There's not a lot going on. I'll be completely honest with you. And if you're still kissing that fucking cod, uh, put it down and get a new cod because there's a virus going around and we don't want to spread it anymore. <laughs> Nobody should be kissing a whole lot of anything in the next little while.
I'm still looking through this list here and I see a lot of bored cities or what I would perceive as bored. Grand Prairie, Alberta, number three. Kamloops is number five. Number six, into Ontario, Barry. 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 What fuck are you guys doing? Barry. You, are you trying to set up a hookup with somebody else in Barry? Because small towns sometimes, eh, people talk. You can get caught doing that. Barry, Ontario, sixth most popular for the cheaters. Abbotsford, British Columbia. Kelowna, British Columbia. Wow, BC's really fucking around, aren't they? Wow. Keep it in your pants, BC. Number nine is Waterloo, Ontario, our stomping grounds. Hmm. Specifically Waterloo, though, not Kitchener. And Cambridge did make the list. It's at number 15. <laughs> not Kitchener. It's not even in the top 20. Interesting. Do they state to, like, is it mostly men on there? It's mo- like, sorry to be that person, but and I know there's some women, but it's mostly men on that service, right? I th- I would okay so stereotypically I would think so yeah but there's a lot of women who are bored in their marriage as well. Oh, I, I'm that, absolutely there is. I'm just curious who would go out of their way to sign up. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different places that you can meet people. I think though that the danger is if you go on say a, a Match.com. Okay, you can probably find somebody perfectly adequate to fuck, but uh, they're not necessarily looking for someone who's already married. If you're on Ashley Madison, it's two like-minded people that are both in relationships that want to keep it on the down low and just have something on the side. So that's the most bored cities in the country, everyone. Hmm. (laughs) Well, no, it's the cheating cities, but I'm going to speculate that there is some boredom going on there. Uh, How about a surcharge on your food the next time you go to a restaurant? Because it's happening. There's a Japanese steakhouse in Missouri that went viral for all the wrong reasons. They didn't give customers a heads up that they were charging a surcharge to eat in their restaurant because food prices have gone up so much. So somebody snapped a picture of their receipt, tweeted it out, and now all of a sudden people are hating on this restaurant so hard, they actually put out a plea on their social media saying, please stop harassing our staff. We're just trying to cover some costs. We didn't want to raise the price across the board. It's really just a tailored thing if you order poultry, meat, seafood, or produce. Oh, so pretty much a lot of things, I assume, on their entree menu. Yeah, I guess they were trying to keep it off the drinks. They didn't want to raise the price of everything across the board. And they say they want to be able to have the flexibility to lower it if their cost goes down. Is that fair, though? I mean, restaurants are paying more for food. So are we. When you go to the grocery store, it's more expensive now than it was a month ago. Yeah. And that was more expensive than it was a month before that. Prices are going through the roof. The supply chain seems to be interrupted. If the restaurant has to pay more, doesn't it make sense that they would charge you a surcharge for that? I mean, we let the airlines get away with it. Remember when they charged us that premium because they had to pay more for gas? Yeah, you just have to be so careful and make sure that people are aware and and, and make sure it's clear when people are ordering. Because if they're going back to you after a long time, so let's say you've reopened, I'm going to you, I haven't been to this restaurant a long time, and I'm used to getting this um, great, whatever, steak fajita meal that I love getting from you. And then I get my bill and surprise, a surcharge. Like you got to make that really clear because that's where you're going to lose customers and lose people. You have to be clear off the top. And maybe maybe this particular place was, maybe it wasn't, I don't know. Obviously, it took this particular person by surprise. But make it at least clear, like, this is what's going on, this is why, choose to get this or don't. 
Yeah, I I don't really blame the restaurant. And based on what I'm reading on Facebook, it's almost unanimous. Most people on the Scott and Cat page are saying, no way, I'll never eat there. Uh Uh-uh, I'm not paying a COVID surcharge and blah, blah, blah. It's not required that you go out to eat, by the way. If we've learned nothing in the last two months, uh, you can eat at home. Eat at home. If you want to go to a restaurant, though, you're paying a premium for the fact that you're in their establishment and that they cooked the food for you and that they have a recipe and all the stuff that went into it. You pay for that. If they got to charge you a little surcharge because they're paying more for their costs, I don't know that that's necessarily the worst thing. But I do agree with you. They probably should disclose that information in advance. Mm -hmm. Next question. Are all people that drive Mercedes assholes? Because <laughs> it kind of seems drive, like it sometimes. People who drive Mercedes are listening right now are going, what? Um, I have a neighbor that drives Yeah, but a- people who don't drive Mercedes are going, yeah, fuck them. I don't like those pricks. That's exactly it, right? No, I don't think they all are. But there is definitely a stereotype regarding Mercedes and a co- several other vehicles I can think of off the top of my head where they are. They just have this reputation of being a prick. This video came out on May the 9th. It was posted on Instagram. It is an irate driver who happened to be in a Mercedes, clearly in a hurry, although I don't know where the hell he was going, who made an ambulance that was dealing with a patient move because they were blocking his car. What a dick. Wow. Okay. Imagine that. Having the ball. How big are this guy's balls that he goes to two paramedics and says, hey, move your damn ambulance. I got to go. That is next level. Like you're talking prick and then you're talking this kind of a person. Right? That's nuts. I would never, ever be able to do that. Go to an ambulance and say, guys, come on. I got to go. Let's uh, chop, chop. Move it on. Get him on a stretcher. Close the door. Drive away. Let's go. Get a Mercedes. Maybe you'll change your tune. (laughs) Want all the permission you need to be an asshole? Buy yourself a Mercedes. (laughs) You never know. Um, We're still going to go on for a little bit longer. And before we do, I want to mention to you, because I don't know if you've seen it yet, but Doug Ford has just released the official video. Ah, the cheesecake. The cheesecake. This has nothing to do with COVID-19. This is everything to do with Doug Ford, who gave a teaser yesterday uh, about how he made the best cheesecake and he couldn't wait to share it with us. The premier's famous cheesecake, I think is what he called it. Didn't even know it was a thing until yesterday. But apparently, it's a fabulous recipe. So if you're looking to do some baking and you have the ingredients for cheesecake or dare you go out to the store to buy these ingredients for cheesecake... Doug Ford, this long weekend, has put out, just a short time ago, as we're recording this podcast, his famous cheesecake recipe. It's a two-minute and 20-second video, which is the kind of, by the way, the kind of baking video I like. I don't like, I fucking hate, actually, the videos or the online stories that come with recipes. Like, it starts out with, when I was a little lad, among the knee of my father, he talked about banana bread. Blah, 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 blah. Get to the fucking recipe. Like, tell me what I need to buy and tell me how to bake it. Anyway, his is very short, which is great. Two minutes, 20 seconds. Plus, you get to watch him eat it, which is probably my favorite part. It is at Ford Nation on Twitter if you want to see it. And I know you were considering making cheesecake. So there you go, Scott. It's now there. Well, I mean, he says... This is one legendary recipe, and I don't know where he got it from, although I'm pretty confident he didn't sit in the kitchen mixing different flours to try and figure out which one tastes better. If flour even goes into a cheesecake, I have no idea. If I just said something stupid, I apologize. I have no idea how to do it. 
Um, but he says it's a famous recipe, and he looks pretty freaking happy in the picture. And I don't know if you've noticed or not, but Doug's been wearing a lot of T-shirts lately, most of them with slogans like flatten the curve and we're all in this together. That makes me realize why Doug wears a suit on TV. It's not because he's a politician. It's because he covers up the barrel. That's the thing. <laughs> Doug in a T-shirt it looks very different from Doug in a suit. Quarantine's been friendly to him, and apparently so is the cheesecake. Um, do you want me to read you some of these ingredients just so you know? Sure. You know what you maybe have on hand and what you need to get. So for the whipped cream, you need three packs of Dream Whip and a half cup of milk. For the crust, two boxes of graham cracker crumbs, half a brick of butter, and a cup of sugar. For the cheesecake filling, three packs or eight ounces each, eight ounces each of cream cheese, softened, one cup of icing sugar, and the cherry topping, which is just, he puts here two cans of cherry pie filling. So, you know, it's not like you have to home make everything, um, or you can obviously do a different topping, because cherry's terrible. Sorry, not sorry. But, like, I would do, like, a blueberry in this case. But anyway, uh, it is all there for your viewing pleasure, this Doug Ford in the kitchen, which I, I hope he give, I hope he brings out more videos. I'd love that. So you're saying it's low fat. Oh, it's super healthy. <laughs> super, super duper healthy. Jesus, Doug. Oh, is that what goes in a typical cheesecake or did he just like go out of his way to make it as fattening as possible? No, that's pretty much, he's pretty much bang on, I think, with the typical, with the typical cheesecake. See, and I might take this, but I would change it a bit. But I like, if you do want to go a little more um, health conscious, you could totally change up a couple of these things. No problem. That's uh, that's one hell of a recipe. Okay, I will check it out. I know it's also on his Instagram, and I'm curious to to try this cheesecake. So I'll give it a whirl this weekend. And by give it a whirl this weekend, I mean I will sit in the living room with a beer while my girlfriend makes this cheesecake this weekend. <laughs> the truth comes out. Yeah, fuck it. I'm not doing a cheesecake. Well, maybe I will. Maybe I'll help. I, I like to lick the spoon. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So maybe. You never know. Uh, <laughs> there's a weird trend happening. Yesterday, we had a story about a Michelin star restaurant in Washington, D.C. Now I've got one about another great restaurant in South Carolina. Because restaurants have all this room, but they can't fill that room because of physical distancing, and that's the condition that they have to reopen, they're putting in, like, mannequins and blow-up dolls and shit like that so that diners don't feel as lonely. Can I tell you, if I go into a restaurant and it's not very busy... I like that. Mm -hmm. I like it when it's quiet. I don't need to see a blow-up doll in the corner to feel more wanted. I don't need that kind of fucking atmosphere. I like it being somewhat empty. I prefer it, to be honest with you. So I don't know why these restaurants are going out of their way to make it seem like there's more diners in there. It's Leave the creepy. tables empty. No, it's fucking creepy is what it is. Sure. And who had the blow-up doll before you did? Did you just go and buy it, blow it up, and sit it at the chair? Did this belong to somebody? Were they donated? I don't want blow-up dolls anywhere near me when I'm trying to eat a meal. That's just sitting there with that creepy fucking grin on their face? No. <laughs> oh, what is that on her lip there? Oh! Uh, sorry, that one was donated. We didn't run it through the dishwasher first. <laughs> <laughs> she had the cheesecake, if you know what I'm saying. Ugh. Gross. It's not right. I personally, it disturbs me a little bit, but some people on our Facebook page this morning said that they thought it was kind of cool. So would they actually sit next to it and think it was cool if they started eating and it was just kind of like staring at you like mannequin zoo? Uh, I, I, I don't know, but uh, I don't, I don't get it personally. 
How can we make the dining experience even more creepy in a pandemic? Oh, I know. Put mannequins at all the tables. That's fucking weird. Uh, what's next? Uh, to fill it full of fucking fake clowns and shit? No. Let's try and take the creepy out of this experience. I've been to restaurants many times where there was nobody at the table beside me, and I was good with it. I didn't feel like I was missing something because those chairs were empty. Dude. Don't worry about it. Mannequins and a surcharge? I don't know if I want to dine ever again. See? Exactly. Exactly. One more story I want to tell here. And this is weird. Very weird. In fact, it's a one in 10 million chance. Guy just discovered that his newborn twins, only one of them is his. This happened in China. The kids had to undergo a routine DNA test. That's standard procedure, apparently, over there when you register a birth in China. Really? They have standard DNA testing? Yeah, I don't know why. If the government made it mandatory that they wanted our DNA on file, I'd be pretty certain that I was moving to a new country. No shit. Or just going dark. I'll just go off the grid. You're not getting my DNA on file. In any case, uh, so this guy goes and the practitioner who did the testing called him in and he said, yeah, um, it's kind of weird, but you're only the father of one of these twins, two boys. So here's how the practitioner explained it. He said, first, the mother needs to produce two eggs instead of one during her monthly cycle. Next, she needs to have sex with two men in a really short space of time to make that possible. So that's where I initially stopped the story when I was reading this this morning before we went on air with it. I read that part and I thought, fucking right, they had a threesome and both dudes got her pregnant? That's oh, nuts. that's where your mind went? Yeah, I instantly thought threesome. I wasn't thinking infidelity. I thought she was just getting railed uh, by two guys at once. Fine. Okay. Hey, whatever makes you happy. But... No. Turns out she had an affair. And the woman says it was just a one night stand. Right. Although she initially denied it and accused her husband of falsifying the results. Uh, (laughs) Don't turn it back on him. So she denied it at first, but now she admits it. She says it was a one night stand. So she had sex with her husband, then went out, presumably to a bar or somewhere like that, and fucked another guy right there. And boom, she's pregnant from both of them. That's fucking crazy. Like, that's, I mean, like you said, what is it? Sorry, one in 10 million? One in 10 million chance of everything lining up. Her producing two eggs. uh, Her having sex with two different men in a short enough amount of time that both eggs could get fertilized, but by different sperm. Wow. Isn't that bizarre? So messed up. I've never heard of that. So the guy is pissed. He says he will raise his child, but he doesn't want anything to do with the other one. And that's weird, too. So I will like you because biologically you're my kid, but your brother and my soon-to-be ex-wife's son, I want nothing to do with him because it wasn't my actual swimmer that touched her egg. That's messed up. So are they considered twins or just brothers? I mean, they are twins. They have to be twins if they're born on the same day out of the same person. No? or Came they... from the same womb at the same time. But yeah, they might not be twins. But they might not be twins, se. which is really fucked up. 
Can you imagine yeah. being a twin, but not being a twin? That is so, and having the same birthday, everything's probably going to be the same for these two growing up. They're going to have this, be in the same classroom, maybe have the same kind of friends and they're not twins. Twins? What happens when these kids are old enough to to start being a little more conscious about the world and how the anatomy works and ask their mom why brother has a different dad? Awkward. Right? The whole thing's awkward. I mean, what is the, the, the Christmas and Thanksgiving going to be like? I, I, I suppose it'd be like any other family that has children, obviously, with, with, with different fathers and, and mothers. But there's a different spin on it, isn't there? There's a different, there's something hanging over top of it because mom clearly banged two people in one day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's a reminder every single year of that. And mom's going to have to explain it because if mom doesn't explain it, they can go and look it up. And if they Google it, might even take them to scottandcat.ca. That's when they're going to find out either from mom or from the internet, mom fucked two guys in less than 24 hours. Man. What a My story. twin brother is not my twin brother. That's messed up. Oh my God, that is so a title on like Dr. Phil or something coming up. My twin Ooh. brother is not my twin brother. Glad you mentioned Dr. Phil. I watched him last night on Celebrity Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which I didn't think I would like, but I'll give full credit to Jimmy Kimmel. He's pretty good as a host on that show. And he just goes in and bangs it off and then goes in and does his late night show. It's all in the same building. He's got a great gig there. Good for Jimmy. In any case, Dr. Phil was on last night. He's fucking dumb, cat. Like, one of the questions was about how to make change for a dollar, and he had to what? ask for help. What? Yeah, it was messed up. Uh, how to make change for a dollar, and there was another question that was really obvious. Oh, it was basically asking, what is the southernmost point of Canada? The question was about the fact that there's 27 different U.S. states that are further north than the southernmost point of Canada. Because as we all know, Ontario dips down. Yep. And first off, he and his assistant, because on this version, you can bring somebody in to help you with the first few questions that are supposed to be easy, and they're all bringing in past Jeopardy champions. So he had a past Jeopardy champion there, and between him and the other person, they had no idea where in Canada Nova Scotia was, but it was one of the options. He was convinced it was Quebec. He was going to guess Quebec until he finally used a lifeline, and the 50-50 took away Quebec as an option. So then he went with Ontario, but it was just a pure guess gut instinct what? wow it was a guess how do americans know that little about canadian geography oh i think most canadians know everything about america i know i know that's that's the way that it usually works that's the way it works they really don't know very much that's why i mean it's an ongoing joke right they think we live in igloos and shit like that it, it's not wrong if you've ever been traveling before and i know you've traveled a lot when my husband and i have gone away to you know your all-inclusive destinations and stuff we've made friends with a lot of uh couples from texas or whatever and they have no fucking idea they'll ask the stupidest questions and I, I i don't necessarily blame them for it i think that their maybe their education system just doesn't allow for them to learn anything but their bubble of the united states of america perhaps that's so strange to me I honestly don't understand it. Well, I'll tell you something. If you are an American listening to this podcast or anybody that doesn't know much about Canada, Toronto, which is the biggest city in the country, fifth biggest city in North America, by the way, fifth biggest, picture Chicago, picture New York, very similar look, very similar climate. In fact, if you draw a line from Chicago to New York, it's going to be just underneath Toronto. 
It's exactly the same, except cleaner here. So calm down. We don't live in igloos. We're fine. It's, we're just like you, except we don't have a major out or a major COVID-19 problem up here anymore. <laughs> That's right. I shouldn't say that, actually. I don't want to jinx know, it. We're doing pretty anything. well right now. You know I don't what? want to jinx it. Second wave is lingering. Like, that that whole thought is lingering over a lot of people's heads with, with a lot of reopening right now. Is like, second wave. Is the second wave going to happen? Only time will tell. Nobody has a crystal ball. But and anyway, you know I We've do... got to reopen, though. We it's have not. to reopen. It's not. Yes, you're absolutely right. But a lot of restrictions are being loosened. We'll put it that way. And, uh, and you know, with that said, I am, I'm excited, again, that you can go golfing tomorrow. That's great. Thank you. I'm very, very excited. Uh, tomorrow is National Barbecue Day, so spark up the barbecue ah. Saturday of the long weekend, depending on when you're listening. Tomorrow's also National Mimosa Day. So forget the day drinking that you did throughout the whole pandemic. Tomorrow, you're morning drinking. Have yourself a good time. I love it. <laughs> uh, we're going to bounce, everybody. We are off on Monday, so no podcast. We'll try and get uh, back into the more of a regular routine Next week, uh, a lot more people are going back to work, which means that more people will be downloading and our numbers were kind of down at the beginning of the month, which was a little frustrating. So we'll get back on track next week. But thank you for downloading this one and have yourself a happy long weekend.